Well, good morning once again, uh, and welcome. Uh, it's good to see you guys today. My name is Wayne. I'm the pastor here at Downtown Community, and I have a hot mic. <laughs> I'm to turn it down just a bit here in the house at least. Uh, but it is great to be with you guys today as we are beginning Christmas together this morning. And uh, I just want to invite you into uh, the Christmas season with us this month. Starting today, we will have four different weeks that we are engaging Christmas together. And uh, we'll be doing today, December 13th and December 20th. And then on Christmas Eve, we will gather online for our Christmas Eve service, and we want to encourage you to join us wherever you may be. Our Christmas Eve service will be online only. Uh, for the next three Sundays, we do have our in-person uh, service also available along with our online service. And I just want to encourage you uh, to engage with us this Christmas. We need to hear this message of hope uh, right now, maybe more than we have in recent years. Uh, many of us right now are longing to find joy in our world. We're looking for things that we can begin to do. I think many people, and I know it's a trend nationwide where people just started decorating early to get ready for Christmas. They're like, listen, we need something to bring us joy. And even with me pursuing that, in my house, we've already got the tree up. We've got decorations going. And we love Christmas. Uh, we've been playing Christmas music. And I've been getting excited because uh, we've already been buying gifts. And when you do that, that's the one thing that gets me very excited is beginning to buy gifts for others. And now I'm beginning to get to this place where I'm like, I can't wait for Christmas. I'm like very excited about that. And so we're, we're looking for things that do, and, and stuff will bring us, you know, temporary happiness. But this is very hard right now because, I mean, if, we, if you look at the world, in the world you're engaging in, you know, this has been our year in 2020. But as we enter into uh, the winter season right now, we can see that COVID is surging and we're hitting that second wave across our country. And as Dr. Anthony Fauci you know, described it as the surge upon the surge. And it's very concerning, especially when you look at LA and them having to really begin to shut things down. That's not very encouraging. And we know that we've got to get through this second wave, this harder season. And that makes hope, joy, and peace feel much Harder. We're wanting something to bring us joy. And I think that's why the message of Christmas is so amazing, is that you see these words come into a dark world that said, I bring you great tidings, good tidings of great joy. And it was said to people that were living in a very dark time. They were living under a ruler who was extremely oppressive. He wasn't firing people left and right. He was killing people left and right. Out of his own concern, out of his own worry for his kingdom, King Herod at the time that lived in the place where Jesus came, he was killing his own family members out of jealousy and out of worry to protect his own kingdom. You know, his, his, his uh, desire and ability to incite violence and, and murder and everything else um, was incredible. And that reigned over them. Can you imagine the type of fear that people lived in? It was a time of unrest. They were moving all over the place. In, in, in Jesus' story with his parents, they were, right as she was about to give birth, they had to go to a different city for a census that was happening. 
It was creating all types of upheaval. People were having to go all over the place. And so it just made life hard. It wasn't easy. And then the angels come and say, hey, these things, great things are happening. But many times this announcement for Mary and Joseph, it was actually creating future hardship for them. Tension with other people in their neighborhood. They were beginning to be shamed because Mary became pregnant and they thought that she became pregnant out of wedlock and so much so that Joseph wanted to divorce her. There was lots of tension that was brought in. And so we have this duality of, of, of announcements saying, I bring you great joy of hope. But there was the tension of things that were hard. That is very much, I believe, like our life right now. And so as we enter our Christmas season here in 2020, for many, more than ever, we are longing for the message of Christmas to be true. And whether you believe in God or not, I believe that when you hear these words of Christmas, you are longing for that to be true more than ever. You are longing for great joy. You are longing for peace. You are longing for happiness. It's kind of like the feeling that we want of sitting on Santa's lap. When you're a kid, you're sitting on his lap, and it's just this, this time where you're like, I'm going to ask for anything I want. I'm not with my parents. I'm going to tell you this magical figure that's going to come and bring me presents. I'm going to ask for anything that I want. I want my dreams to come true. That's what we want. We are longing for that anytime. But there's something that about the Christmas season that brings that out. And so can we, I think we're asking this question subconsciously, is, is like, can we really actually experience this? And what's amazing is the Christmas season is such a merge of the secular world and the Christian world, where at the same time it's so unique that whether if you're someone who's more secular, you don't believe in God, you're kind of doing the same celebrations that those who are Christians do. And it creates tension for sure because you're like, what are these words that I'm singing about the incarnation and all these other words I don't even you know, you know, understand about the birth of Christ and the king and all these different things and for unto us a child is born and yeah, and we play this. But you may not even believe in God and you'll sing those songs. And, and so, I mean, for many Christians, they find this offensive and I don't. I think it's beautiful because there's such a commonality in, in the celebration, and, and there's a great unity that we can have. And these symbols of Christmas, the lights that we see, sitting on Santa's lap, a, a feast with others, going to a banquet table, um, just having a massive feast on Christmas Day. I mean, I feel like Thanksgiving really kicks it off, right? Where we just throw caution in the wind, like, I don't care about calorie count, I don't care about you know, what's this? I'm just going for it today. Like, I'm just, you know, taking the week off, maybe the month now. But, you know, some of you got the COVID pounds being added. You've just been taking the year off. But, you know, that's, that's all good. But there's something about the feasting. And then there's the Christmas tree. These symbols connect us to a deeper hope that we do actually have. And so this Christmas season, that is what the next four weeks, I was going to say the next four Sundays, but it's actually three Sundays and a Thursday, 
we're going to be talking about the symbols that we see in Christmas and how they connect to a deeper, lasting hope that you can actually experience. And so today, we're going to kick it off with the symbol of Santa. Santa. Now, I grew up loving Santa. Santa's a great guy. Um, now, I'm, now from, from a very early age, I went and I visited Santa, and I have proof of this. We're going to show this to you here. Uh, this is a picture of me with Santa, all right? And, uh, and I'm, a little, I'm a little scared. And so and I hear some reasons why I think that I'm crying in this moment. Number one, if you look a little deeper into this picture, um, this Santa is really suspect, like really suspect. Like he's, if you look at any parts of his white beard, it's really dirty. I mean, just look at his hat. His hat is very dirty. His sleeves, the trim of his coat, I'm pretty sure similar to the movie Elf. Like he definitely smelled like beef and cheese. Um, and I think possibly other things. This guy did not look or smell like his eyebrows are green. I think my mom said, my sister said that they, that they looked like they were purple. And then she thought Santa's eyes were supposed to look like that, apparently, for the rest of her life, which is really weird and, and strange. And so, but then I'm like, this is not the authentic Santa. This is an imposter is what I'm thinking in my mind. And in fact, we later found out that this was an imposter. This was just a guy from the, my dad's work. He, they found him in his company to do this. And I think that like maybe he did it every year and he just left this thing laying around his house and he picked it up in the day that he did this. And, and in fact, his nickname, and I have no idea why we still know this, his nickname was Deadeye. That's not a good sign when you're picking Santa to be the guy in your company whose nickname is Deadeye. I don't know why his name is Deadeye. I don't want to go, go there at all. But I think somehow I knew this. I'm like, listen, I'm like, Santa, you're dirty. You're going to get my amazing plaid onesie, you know, like this little jumper or whatever I'm wearing. You're about to mess this thing up. Like, this thing's amazing. I, we should be wearing one, onesie plaid things like this now. That looks awesome. So anyway, apparently I had great style. So, so I was a little upset. This is not the real Santa. But we, in, in all in all, we love going to Santa. I think Macy's captures this feeling so well. Like, many times their, their marketing themes is around this word believe. And I have a picture of my kids going to Macy's. Herald Square, like the Macy's, we'll show this here. This is several years ago, by the way, uh, not this year. And here they are writing letters to Santa. And there's the, there's the official Santa mailbox. This is going to him, all right? And then you can see them. They're going to put, put the letters in. And there's something amazing about this idea. I can ask for anything that I want. And I have this belief that I'm going to get it. I want this amazing toy pony with rainbow hair and something else that everybody wants. Like, I want this. I want the newest PlayStation that's out of stock or a Nintendo Switch or whatever it may be. Like, you can't get it anywhere. I want this with all the games. And I don't know, maybe as we get older as adults, you want a handbag, you want a vacation you want to own your own island away from the world, maybe that would be your ideal <laughs> Christmas gift this year. But this feeling that you can ask anything that you want. There's a deep longing for hope, right? 
it represents, I really believe that Santa's lap represents our dreams. It represents gifts that we love to receive and give. It's like this childlike hope that you want to have. And so today, we're going to connect this symbol. So, so when you are living life this month and you are seeing Santa, maybe you're taking your kids to see Santa between plexiglass this year, or you see this image or whatever it may be, we're going to connect this to this deeper hope that we have in a gift and a connection to our God who wants us to know that we can feel like that with him. We can go to him just like that. The Christmas story was first told to us hundreds of years before it even happened in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet wrote, all these things were fulfilled. It talked about the coming virgin birth. It talked about all these things that will happen. And listen to this, as it talks about the coming birth of Christ. Isaiah 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is what? Is given. Do you ever think about that word? You hear this phrase all the time. Whether you even believe in God or not, you hear this sung. You hear it in the mall. You hear it wherever it may be. On your Spotify playlist, it just comes out. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And from the very beginning, God planned for us to receive this gift, an incredible gift for you and I. And I want you to just let this thought soak in as we start Christmas season together. That, that Jesus, when he came to us, is a gift. And he came not only to come and to be there like a big wrapped present, but to eventually give even more to us, to give his life for us. It's a gift that kept on giving. That's God's attitude towards us. It's incredible. So now I want to take you to the part of the story where, where Christ came to us as a child. And this is one of the most incredible beliefs that we have, that I have, that God came down to us as a baby. It's an amazing belief, and it has such significance, such significance for our lives. And we're going to go to Luke 2, and I'm going to, I'm going to cut to the point of where the angels announced Jesus' birth to the shepherds. So Jesus was born, and this is found in Luke 2, and we're going to go through verses 8 through 20, and this is Luke's detailed account of Jesus' life. And it's amazing what he brings out to us. And so it says here, that, and it says, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Just out of nowhere, boom, Angel shows up. The glory of God is shining all around these shepherds out in the field. I mean, can you imagine? And so naturally their response is, and they were terrified. So there's fear. It says, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Here's this line. I bring you what? Good news 
that will cause great joy for all the people, for everyone. This is good news that will cause great joy. This is a massive statement to the shepherds. We'll get into that in just a second. It says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And the angel's talking to the shepherds. There's this gift imagery, right? This has been born. He didn't just say there's been a baby born. No, he says there's been a baby born to you. So significant. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That's another massive statement. This is the Messiah that everyone in this Jewish culture had been longing for, that God had promised to them. They were longing and looking for in anticipation. He says, the Messiah is here. The angel says, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And it says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Unbelievable scene. I would love to have been there. It says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. We're going to leave the sheep. We don't care about the sheep right now. And let's go to, let's go to Bethlehem. This is why I'll never use my phone for notes again. I'm starting to get texts. And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They're excited. I think that's what we should look at right now. It's the exuberance in their hearts. It says, so they hurried off. These are important details. They ran. They were pumped and they found Mary Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen them, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. So they just start telling everybody, like, can you believe this? It says, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She's just amazed, overwhelmed. It says, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard that's a key for this. And seen, which were just had they, as they had been told. It's incredible. It's incredible. And so we talk about, we look at the shepherd's excitement, and I think we think, okay, we get their set. Like if angels came to me and said all this stuff, I would be really, really excited. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Yes, it's because angels came and they saw the glory of God all around them. They were pumped. <laughs> like, but that's not the only reason. If you really understand what the shepherds, their lives were like, and especially how they were treated as their respect to the relationship with God, they were generally outcasts in this society. And I usually talk about this every year because it's significant to you and I. From religious people, they were not okay. They were considered to be unclean. They were not allowed to go into places of worship because of this. And so it pushed them out of the religious culture, which was so important to them and their culture in that area of the time. They were considered to be on the bottom. They didn't make it educationally or whatever it may have been. 
And yet Christ, the angels came to announce his birth, Jesus' birth, first to them, to the shepherds. And it says, this has been given to you. A, a baby has been born to you. And, is, and he has come, he is the Messiah, and he is here for all people. And immediately, God is announcing to the shepherds audibly, you matter. All this stuff that the religious people, the rule keepers, the people that are saying that the Holy One have been saying to you is not true. I'm saying I've come for you and you matter. Your future matters. God exists and he's here for you. Your dreams, your hopes, and your desires can be and will be fulfilled in me. It was a complete change of dialogue for who they thought God to be for them. And so can you, you, can, you can imagine the kind of hope that was instantly changed in them because of what they heard. It wasn't just about seeing the angels, which is big enough on its own, but it's what it said about them. They mattered. And you just see this sudden childlike exuberance. They hurried off. They run to see the baby. There was hope found in that dark world. And this is true for you and I. This month, when you are struggling to find hope, when you're wanting a way to find happiness, when you... When you see images of Santa, no joke, I'm dead serious, or you, just, or you think about sitting in his Santa's lap, or maybe you come across a picture from your past when he did this as a child, I want you to connect it to the deeper meaning. It's a symbol, it's a picture of this gift-giving, people-loving, passionate God that you have real hope. And if you've never believed in God before, or you're not so sure, I want you to consider what this means for us. We serve the God who came to us as a gift that kept on giving. He eventually gave his life for you and me. Listen to these descriptions of God. Paul, the Apostle Paul, talking about God in Ephesians 3.20, says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him. He's like, he, he's like, do you understand this incredible God? There's so many words just like this from Paul. He talks about, can you imagine how wide and how deep his love is for you? Listen to Jesus' words. John records this in his account. We find this in John 10. Jesus says, I am the gate, and whoever enters through me will be saved. They will, be, they will come in and go out and find pasture. He says, the thief comes only to still kill and destroy. He says, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. He says, the thief comes to take from you, but I have come to give to you. God he didn't have to do this, but he comes to us and he pours out on us. He says, I have come that you might have life to the full. 
He goes on to say, because I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You can see why he came to the shepherds. It's one of his most favorite analogies for his relationship with us. God's like, I love shepherds. I'm coming to announce this first to you. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life. Matthew, in recording the teachings of Jesus, Jesus was teaching and he says this, you can find this in Matthew 6, Jesus says, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we wear? He says, for the pagans, those who don't believe in God, this is all they're consumed with. They run after these things. That's all their lives are worried about. And for you and I, so many times we get consumed with what I'm going to wear, how much peace and whatever I'm going to fight. He says, don't worry about this. He says, he says, your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Let that be your priority. He's, he's giving us a recipe for how we find hope and joy, even when life is, is tough. He says, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Key word. See that word there? Given. Jesus is a gift to us in and of himself but God is this God who's continually giving to us. Now listen, he doesn't promise to make you rich. Don't take this too far because your mind can easily go there. His scriptures do not say, following Christ, we know, does bring hardship. We can look at Mary and Joseph's life. God's not promised you to make you rich. I'm, I mean, I'm a pastor. Come on now, and I'm not rich. Well, I am in the world standards. We'll just say it right there. <laughs> Compared to the rest of the world, anyone in this country is... He's not promising to make you rich. Being rich didn't make you fulfilled anyway. COVID exposed that. I've come to give you life. Is all those things you worry about? I, I care about that too. A little bit further on, Jesus says this. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. And there's this great commentary from Jesus. He says, if you then, who are evil, though you are evil, he's like, listen, you guys have evil desires. You hurt each other. You, you have you know, broken relationships. He says, he says, even though you do all these things, you know how to give good gifts to your children. I mean, there's even bad parents that want to give Christmas gifts to their kids. Like, we can even go that far with this. He goes, how much more will your Father in heaven, your perfect, loving God, give good gifts to those who ask him? This is for the words of Jesus. This is God speaking to us. He's come. He has been given to us. This is a beautiful imagery. And I think it's so key for us to know this. When we walk through times that are hard, when we walk through times that are uncertain, because this is not the only time life will be uncertain. You have a God who loves you. Our ultimate desire, the imagery of sitting in Santa's lap, is sitting on our daddy's lap. We want peace and security. And so what is the foundation that you stand upon? And as we begin this Christmas, I just want to encourage you to, to look to God as this gift because this is what are going, is going to bring us real, actual hope. He came into the darkness. We can go to him with our dreams and our desires. You can go to your 
Heavenly Father's lap and sit there. When my kids sit in my lap, it's, it's one of the most intimate and beautiful things. I love it. I love it. They're coming to me, their daddy. And it's the best feeling for me and for them. We can go to him with our dreams, desires, and you can go to him with your pain. Jesus experienced and endured pain. He knows. One of the descriptions of him, the announcement of, of, of his birth was, he is Emmanuel, he is God with us. I want you to consider Jesus during this time of Christmas. How can you, when you are struggling, see the images of Christmas and begin to connect it to a deeper hope? This is how we embrace the duality of living in tough times and experiencing joy that God says that can happen. So this week, I want you to consider two questions. And we're going to we'll talk about this in dinner groups and but one is, have you ever thought about these words in relation to Christmas, in relation to God? These words, unto us a son is given. A Savior has been born to you. Do you ever think of God that way? Something for you to think about this week. And then the second one is this, and you can find this on our notes tab online next to the chat stuff. <laughs> the second one is this. If you were to sit in your heavenly father's lap, what would you say? What would you say to your daddy? Do you know what Jesus called his heavenly father God? Daddy? What would you say to him? What would you ask for? Let's begin to engage God with hope this Christmas. Let's pray together. Daddy, we love you. I'm so thankful for you. Thank you for this gift of Jesus. And we get, it's why we celebrate it. It's why it has such big meaning and significance to us because we have hope in you. And so for unto us a son has been born, a son has been given, we have great news, good news of great joy in our dark world. Father, we acknowledge today that, that our idols have been ripped up. The things that we thought brought us joy have not been so solid this year. And I pray that you would help us to lean in and experience the hope that we can have in you, even if things are hard. That you are with us always. We thank you and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.